Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moon and Katherine Taylor. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm pretty good. What about, how about you? It's a Monday. It's not that. It's Tuesday. It's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. It is Monday. Yeah. No, I'm good. It's like, yeah, COVID shot. I'm fully, I'm vaccinated AF. And you did not feel good, right? I did not feel good. No. Yeah. I was surprised. So, you know, I handled the first one like a champ. The second one, the wheels came off the bus. <laughs> so, I got the second one this week, so we'll see. Yeah, I just well, and if I made any mistake, it was the whole entire household got the same the second <laughs> shot on the same day. So it was like everybody was sick, and you know, I'm I'm a good I'm a good mom. So and a good like I mean, not that 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 can maybe sounds sexist or something, but I like to take care of the family when they're sick. And I couldn't do any of that, none of it. So anyway, feeling better, tried to ride yesterday for a little bit. And that was kind of a joke. Um, I may go spin here. It's nice out. I may just go for a walk, just get some fresh air, but, um, yeah, it was weird, but I'm glad it's over and I'm glad I was able to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be interested to see that means that your immunity is reacting. So that's mm -hmm. a good thing. Yeah. That's whatever, that's what I was reading and whatever he was saying. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. But got a lot of work done. Um, I did. I don't think I, maybe I did. I don't know. We've got our Strava group going for unbound and I don't know if I've, I joined it. Okay, cool. And I don't know if we've talked to the, the girls gone gravel audience about that yet or not, but I was thinking about that. Like anybody yeah, can join. Yeah. It's so. just a Strava. It's Strava. It's called outright. Outride times unbound gravel, just join it and your miles count towards getting bikes in our schools here. So, yeah. And you don't have to be signed up for unbound. It's no, it just, just join and let us count your miles. Yeah. So I, we're using everybody's miles through event weekend, which would be rad. I think I did five miles. 
I'm out of bounds. Yeah, I've not been working on my. I've been like nonstop working on my house, trying to get ready to get ready. Yeah, on the market. So I was really proud of myself because I moved like 50 pounds of mulch and painted all my doors, even though I really wanted to go for a bike ride. But I knew, I knew, if I packed everything up and went for a bike ride, I would not do my chores. Right. And then after I did my chores, I was too tired. Too tired. Well, that was a workout in and of itself. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'd love to have as, you know, a lot of women in that little Strava club. Um, and then we do have another on May 6th, we're going to have a Zwift ride and Allie Tetrick's going to be leading it. And so oh, yeah, uh, we'll keep up with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think she has to, I think she has to obey by obey our rules. <laughs> She'll be soft pedaling, soft pedaling. <laughs> she's can... called me when she's on Zwift before this. <laughs> She'll be like calling people. It'll be hilarious. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to like have a little donation of your post-ride beer to help us get more kids on bikes and, and that kind of stuff. So it'll be fun. I love that. We, um, last fall we did like, remember those podcasts we did like with like community people, Mm -hmm. the one with the little bike shop here, Bearings bike shop. Yeah. 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 And they did the gear cell that, and they did another one this weekend. Oh, cool. And, um, I went over Saturday, but they said Friday night, they sold like a ton of stuff, like $3,000 worth of stuff. Nice. That's awesome. On Friday night. And then they have like a community bike ride on Saturday. Um, so it was really cool to kind of see like that little idea. Somebody else picked it up because I'm good at coming up with ideas, but like, and then it's happening and bearings. Like I went over and I walked up and there's like this big sign on the side of the building, like gear sale. I was like, oh, they took this to the next level. That's awesome. And it had tags on like the, like the stuff they were selling. I got a pair of um, fleece tights for $10. Heck like, yeah. Good tights. So I was good deal. So. Well, you can use those when you move out of Atlanta then. Cause you probably don't need them there. Yeah. I think it's pretty mild out in Tacoma. We'll uh, I bet you have some cold days. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Not terrible though. But we did talk to somebody <laughs> that is out in the West Coast today, yep. um, not in Boise. And so if there's some, um, if there's a I little guess. bit of issues with the podcast, they're having crazy winds. So about every five minutes, the podcast would freeze up. Um, the crazy thing was Nicola would, Nicola would come back in uh, basically the exact right timing every time. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> so, have some patience with the podcast because there might be some wind yeah. interruptions in there. <laughs> so. Yes. But of course our incredible team at Live Feisty is going to edit the heck out of it. But because um, it's me going, I think she's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> and then but of yeah. course my dog was going, everybody's walking their dogs right now. So we were having some dog issues. But it was a good talk with Nicola. Um, she's all about, um, supporting women in cycling and, and, and the juniors as well, which has been really rad to watch. I've been working with the women's team for 17 years. Yes. 17 years, folks. If you think about how much stuff you've seen in 17 years in women's cycling, anyway, she has some interesting perspectives that I wasn't quite expecting her to say. Yeah. It's worth a listen. Yeah. I think you guys will enjoy this interview with Nicola Kramer. Hey, Christy. Hi, Catherine. Hey, are you thinking about your 2021 gravel adventures? I don't know who isn't thinking of 2021 gravel adventures. I know. Well, I kind of have a new bucket list race. 
What is it? It is a gravel stage race right outside of Calgary, Canada called the Trans Rockies Gravel Royale. Have you heard of this? Um, you know what? I have. I think it sounds amazing. Four days, four days of riding, 230 miles, 23,000 feet of climbing, and it's all in the Canadian Rockies. I think that sounds epic. Yeah, it's set up where they carry your tents, cook your food, and provide your medical support and more. And like set up a big party every night. That is the best kind of glamping right there. Yeah, it's really the only kind of glamping I will do. <laughs> I, I believe that. <laughs> and you know what's cool is they are holding early bird spots for women because they're really working to get more women on the starting line. So if people are interested, where do you think they should go, Christy? Uh, TransRockiesGravelRoyale.com. I bet that site's got all the information. <laughs> I think it does. And fingers crossed we'll be at some awesome 2021 adventure soon. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends and that are coming out in wellness. Like, eat this, uh, avoid that. I don't even yeah, know where to start. I, yeah, I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah. But we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you, have you yes. done your stuff? Yeah, I'm so stoked. Yeah. So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor, and they're going to cut through all the noise, and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized, science-backed, trackable action plans for how we should eat, age. We need that and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's The cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper, and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So, so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, and I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. Hi, Christy. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I am so good. How are you? I'm, I'm good too. Good. And, you know, and a little bit of Zoom all afternoon. It's, it's been a Zoomy day. It's been a Zoomy day. <laughs> but we have somebody really fun joining us on Zoom. We do. Another <laughs> one of your friends. <laughs> well, I mean, just just recently, I haven't I haven't met Nicola in person. I, I although we were at the Spirit World evidently together oh, right. last year. Yeah. Yeah, but, I know. It's that it's happening with this group of women that I'm meeting in the gravel world. It does feel like we've been friends forever. I mean, it's just that like-minded, same vibe feeling. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, new friends, but not really. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> cool community. Yeah. I'm getting really excited about meeting a lot of people in real life really soon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, uh, we just ventured out to our first race um, just a few weeks ago. And I was so excited to be able to do my job again, you know, to do logistics. Like I love logistics. Some people hate logistics. I love logistics. So I, 
I don't know what it is. I just like the more logistics, the better. And when you're, you know, running a road team, which traditionally we are, and you have six to eight riders and staff and people flying in from all over the place and fast forward, we had a race, two riders. Uh, and I got really excited until it was day to leave. And I got total anxiety from having not left my house for almost a year, right? And I was driving down to St. George, Utah. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm going out. I'm going to a race. And I felt really anxious about it, which <laughs> surprised me because I was so excited about it. But, you know, we got there and we had a great time. And um, it was good to see my team members again, for sure. Yeah. I, I had well, the same thing when I went to an event. I felt a little social anxiety. And it was more like, oh, I'm going to be talking to people that I don't normally talk to. Like, yeah, well, fortunately at this race, it was a blizzard. So no one was really talking to each other. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that be they, before we go any further, we, we got to do the formal introduction so you can tell people. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking and we're like, that's my else. So, so I am Nicola Cranmer and I, well, I founded, I co-founded and I'm general manager of a women's cycling team. Um, I've been doing this for 17 years. I've been in cycling much longer, but a team for 17 years, I can't believe it. Every time it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, oh my God. Um, but it's, you know, it's been amazing. And we started off um, in Northern California as just a regional team. And it, it came to fruition because I was racing on a co-ed team and the women were doing really well on the team and the men weren't doing so well, but they were getting all the support. So it just pissed me off. And I said, I'm starting a women's team. I didn't even know what that meant, but I said it and then just kind of followed through. And the, the first few steps of it was, it was such an organic process that to me, it, it said that I'm doing the right thing. I mean, I had, already a really deep pool of athletes from Northern California um, on the team. And then I needed a title sponsor, which I didn't even know sort of what that was. There was a thing called a title sponsor. And so that happened within like two weeks. And so I'm like, okay, this is all coming together really well. And um, so I ran it as a sort of a side project for a couple years and then as the athletes grew in the program, uh, the, it, was, it came to a point where I had to, to say to myself, okay, am I gonna continue working in real estate and do this as a, a regional project or am I gonna go full force into this team thing? And, um, cause it was taken over my life already. And as you all know, you know, sometimes <laughs> your, your passion just kind of pushes to the top and it's like, no, I need the attention. So hence I started running the team and that was, um, yeah, 17 years ago. And we quickly became a UCI track team. Um, we had road riders. I always included juniors on the team, which was just really important to me uh, right from the team's inception, just to continue developing the future of the team. And, you know, some of the juniors on the team back then were riders like, uh, Ruth Winder and Corinne Rivera, Megan Garnier, um, just to name a few. Just to name a few. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we were kids on my team. Um, I mean, Corinne was a part of our team for six years and 
Ruth a couple years, Megan two years. Um, yeah, so it was it was the right thing to do. And I, I've always felt like my purpose is in service and in service to women and in service to youth. And it just kind of all came to fruition with this team thing. And I did not know what I was doing by any means. <laughs> yeah. I think your story resonates with so many of us. Like that's exactly, you know, kind of why I did it. Why Catherine started the, like, just not seeing it done and being like, that's bullshit. I'm going to do it myself. Then if nobody else is going to do it, I'll take care of it. And yeah. You know, and, yeah. and making it happen. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah. And, it, it is really cool. It's just, you just kind of, I, I didn't even think about it being a risk or it being scary or it being anything except it was what I was going to do, even though I wasn't quite equipped with the tools to do it, just figured it out, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that's what stops a lot of people from starting something is they overthink it. And like when you get into stuff, you realize most people that start things don't know exactly how it's going to happen. And you just kind of see what happens as you go. Like you take, you take those steps and the next thing happens and the next thing happens or it doesn't, and it wasn't the right thing. Well, you obviously have an entrepreneurial spirit too. Yeah, I do. And you know, I, I, it wasn't called that when I was doing it as much as it is, it's uh, entrepreneur's days. And back then you just kind of did what you felt was right. I guess I didn't know what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so your team, uh, so this team, not tell us about team 2024 though, because this is different than team 2024, this women's team, right? Or is it, it the same? It's really, it's all, it's really all the same. Okay. Yeah. So, so project management, it, it was a German chemical engineering company called ProMan was our first title sponsor. And it was someone that I had met in England and he owned this chemical engineering company and his sons were rowers and we would talk about sport. And so when I needed a title sponsor, I thought, oh, I don't even know how much to ask for. I don't, you know, it was like cat one, two team with some cat threes and some juniors. I'm like, 25K sounds like a great number to start with. Um, and so I approached him and it was, I was in California and he was in the UK and I said, oh, working on this fun project, supporting women and youth and I'm looking for a title sponsor. And, you know, he said, oh, well, tell me more about it. And he said, okay, count us in. So that was my first title sponsor. Um, so the team was called ProMan, then ProMan Hit Squad. And then, um, so fast forward to right before the Beijing, no, right after the Beijing Olympics, I met Kristen Armstrong. And no, before I met her before the Olympics, cause I was actually at track world cup with my UCI track trade team when there were more trade teams that used to race track then instead of just nations um, in 2007. And we were at the same hotel. She was there with USC cycling uh, doing a test event and just kind of reconning the course. And so we were still pro man then. And she talked to me about her potentially retiring after Beijing and wanting to get stay in the sport, but work with youth development. So we became fast friends and she went on to win her gold medal, then retire. 
then joined the team as a director. Um, she was actually our director uh, while she was pregnant with her son, who is now 11. Um, and so the name change from ProMan went to 2012. So after the Beijing Olympics, which was 2008, the next Olympics was 2012, London. Um, and so one of, the, one of the things that I'd noticed over the years uh, building up to that point was, you know, your title sponsor can change year after year. And it's really hard to anchor the team, you know, like a sports team has, you know, like San Francisco Giants, they, they're anchored by a city. So I wanted to anchor the team somehow and have some consistency um, as we move forward so people would still recognize the brand as the same team. And so I was actually at um, Interbike when uh, it was still going on, like in its heyday. Um, and I was at the Oakley booth talking to Steve Blick and we were just talking about this. And I said, you know, I really, I want a name for the team. And he's like, why don't you pick the Olympics? And I said, well, you know, that brand that I can't use a, the name, of course, Olympic in, a, in any way. Um, and he said, well, just be obscure and use, you know, 2012. And so we added 2012 to the team name. Um, and that was sort of our, our mission was to develop athletes with the Olympics in mind. And so, you know, that was, that was how we became 2012 and then 2016, 2020, and now 2024 is Paris. And that just is also an indication of how long I've been doing this. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm thinking about it, you know, and I've got these kids on my team who are 11 years old and they talk about the Olympics that they want to go to and talk about me being there. I'm like, I am not going to be running a team three Olympics from now. I, I hope to not be doing this anyway. So the team name. So it really is the same continuation of the team. Um, and you take a rider like Shelly Olds, for example, she was with the team when it first started, but then she was also with the team. She was with the team as pro man and then with the team as um, peanut butter and co 2012. And, you know, so yeah, it's the same team. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And you all are going to, you all have been riding gravel as part of your training this year. What, what led to that? Christine's yeah. like cheering. Yeah. yeah, I know. I am too. Trust me. <laughs> um, so my background is mountain biking. So I moved to, I used to work in horse racing in England and I got kicked in the elbow when I was coming back from the gallops one day and I couldn't ride. So I had to take some time off and I was dating this jockey whose sister was an au pair in California. And she, I, so I was, you know, let's see, I was 18 years old and I had to take time off and she was coming back to England. She called me and she said, hey, you know, this family here needs an au pair for six months. Do you fancy it? And I'm like, yeah, I wanna go to America, you know? And I, I thought that was, I was living in this little village in England, I'm like, that sounds really cool and California too, right? So, um, you know, I wasn't like the taking care of a kid thing. I was kind of like, oh, okay. Anyway, um, fast forward, came to America and the first people I met outside of this family were mountain bikers. So imagine 1986 in Northern California was really when mountain biking was just beginning. And I was so fortunate to have met this group um, the first group I met was the DFL group, 
the team DFL, um, which still exists. And, you know, they got me into the sport of cycling, really. I mean, I used to ride my bike to the pub in England or I ride it to go ride horses, um, but not, I was not a cyclist by any means. So that's um, how I got into cycling. Um, and I forget what the original question was because I was travel, trying... travel. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So <laughs> my background is dirt. <laughs> so I, you know, got swept along in this whole team thing for for many years, and honestly, it sort of got out like ahead of me, if that makes sense. Like I was running this machine of a team, right? It's a road team is a lot of a lot of athletes, staff, equipment, and it just was like rolling from year to year to year. And um, I mean, we definitely had our glitches in between, but the pandemic last year really gave me a lot of time to think about what does Nicola want? And did I really wanna run a stage race team anymore? You know, did I really want just the Olympics to be my focus? Although that was never really just the focus. I mean, we work with juniors as well. And I actually discourage them from becoming professional athletes and encourage them to, you know, stay in school and we connect them with collegiate scholarships, et cetera. So during the pandemic, you know, every in the early days when no one, no one really knew what was going on, races just kept getting canceled. And so I was just out on my bike more and I did this um, event called the Boise Trails Challenge, which was perfect during COVID. It, um, it's an event where you register online and you go and you've got 30 days to ride X amount of trails and it's connected with Strava. So it all aggregates onto this uh, website where you can sort of fill in the blanks of um, the trails that you need to ride. So you do it by yourself. And so I just started riding. It was perfect. It was my own personal challenge um, during this crazy time. And when I was on my bike so much on the dirt, I just thought, you know, this is really where I find my joy. This is like my happy place for sure. So you, you said that um, uh, the dirt is where you found your joy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And so I, I just thought to myself, you know, I need to be able to transfer that back into my job, which is also cycling, which, you know, I, I feel very grateful that I get to do a job that I love doing. But I, I it was losing a little bit of its luster for me. Um, and then at the end of 2019, I did the Spirit World 100. A friend of mine, Pam Alexander, got me an entry and I did it kicking and screaming. I said, no, I haven't put a number on in 10 years and I don't want to go to a race. Um, but I went anyway and had the best time. <laughs> and I just instantly recognized, I'm like, you know what? These are my people. I, I had fun. I saw all kinds of people just really enjoying themselves for all different reasons. I mean, some people wanted to win the race. Some people wanted to finish the race. Some people wanted to eat as many donuts as they could. I mean, all different reasons. And it was just a, a wonderful community. And I love the environment down there. And, you know, it was a special place. And I just was determined to be able to weave this somehow into my season. Now I hadn't told any of my 
sponsors this, any of my partners or anything who were supporting us as a road team. <laughs> and so the pandemic really kind of helped out with that because there was no road racing and it was gave me this time to just recalibrate and sort of pivot into this year, which all there has been really so far is gravel events. And so, you know, I went to the girls and said, hey, what do you think about this? And all of them were so excited. I mean, they were just like, yes, let's do this. And our Olympic athletes, um, you know, it was, it was hard for them last year transitioning because a couple of them were actually talking about retiring and had new careers set up after Tokyo. And then that never happened. So that kind of has dragged on. Um, but any racing potentially that they do after Tokyo, they want to do gravel or a mountain bike. Um, and so I just was determined to integrate it into what we're doing. And it's sort of primarily what we're doing actually at the moment. Um, still with the road racing in North America shoved to the end of the year, um, like September, October, and then Redlands was recently canceled and you know, it's just, just is what it is right now. And um, it's great. I, I love it. It's, it's the girls are really um, enjoying it and it's giving them actually a different opportunity, which I didn't realize until Shana won her first race and her second race. Um, you know, she's typically a domestique on our team. She's uh, Shana Paulus, I'm talking about. Um, she's uh, been on the team for, I think, five years. Um, but she's a support rider for someone like Chloe Diger or Jasmine During or Jen Valente, just powerhouse, you know, road riders. Um, so she doesn't get to really have the opportunity to win races or try and win races because we have such a powerful squad, you know, I mean, the whole goal is to go and win a race, not to just, you know, really just try, give someone a try at it when we know we can win it. Um, so these races, you know, even though we show up, we might have two or three riders at a gravel event, it's such an individual sport still. And it gives Shana the opportunity to just do her thing for herself. Um, and, you know, she's really uh, rising to the occasion and it's been great for her. And this style of riding actually is, is great for her. She's, um, she's from the Oneida tribe. She's the only female um, Native American in the uh, pro peloton. And her spirit animal is the turtle. And that's Shana. She's not not slow, but she's just full and, and methodic. And we were always trying to get her fired up in a road race to support her leaders or to try and sprint at the finish, like, where's your eye of the tiger? But it sort of never happened in that way. But now gravel racing, you know, is these long races, which are attrition, are perfect for her. And, you know, she, she just, you know, if, if anything happens, she remains calm and she plugs away at it and she's got, you know, great mountain biking skills because that was her background. So it's, it's she's really going to do so good at Unbound. She really is. It's going to be really fun is. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She is so stoked for that. I mean, she just said uh, a couple of days ago, she said, that's my goal this year is to win it. So yeah. Watch out. Yeah, I mean, barring all the multitude. Well, there's, yeah, there are there are the 206 miles or whatever that she's got to yeah. go through. Yeah, and with no crew, like if you get a flat, 
you know, yeah, like exactly. that's, that's a big difference. There's yeah. no car following you. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the other key points too, that has been really a learning experience for me and the athletes is how to fix your bike on the fly. I mean, you know, no one's jumping out of the car behind you. Um, and also just fueling appropriately, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, in a road race, you're like, Hey, can I have a drink? And the car brings you up food and water and yeah it's so funny to think about now um but it's very empowering and everybody is you know taking this on and learning I mean Natalia doesn't have a, a dirt background at all um other than just you know riding rogue on, on her road bike um but she's yeah she's having to learn it all so um a lot of patience and fast learning and we have some amazing partners that just kind of jump on board and help us you know um our tire company kenda is just they did a whole zoom session the other day um you know on going over different tires and maintenance and all of that good stuff so it's yeah, great it was, it was so fun to talk with the team um, yeah all we did it was just mm -hmm. I, you know i just i love it it's mm -hmm. it's exciting to watch the yeah. next generation coming up in the space and and hear their questions and their curiosity and just it's 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 going to be a good time yeah it is and the, that's the other thing the key point that I, that I love about all of this is, is you know the women are really supportive of one another it's it's very different in the road scene you've got almost like these small gangs of women who show up at a race and race against each other. And it's not always the friendliest. And, and frankly, it's not always that supportive, um, but this is different. It feels really different. And, and honestly, I like who I am better in this space as well. Um, it's way more fun. Yeah, yeah. that's really fun. So how many of the team will be at Unbound then? Three pros, um, two juniors, and actually, I think a third junior registered as well. So, which is really cool that we'll have three juniors there. Well, we're doing some live coverage, so we'll definitely have to get your team on some live coverage out there. Yeah. Interviews and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, anything we can do along the way to help, I'm all down for it, and, and the athletes love it, so. Definitely. Yeah, it's fun watching, like, the, when, uh, the, the team did a takeover on our channels um, and it was just so cool watching our audience get to know them and, and yeah. the interactions with it. It was just, yeah. it's, it's rad because yes, um, they are pros. Yeah. They're pros, yeah. but approachable with personality and kindness oh, yeah. and um, you know, good hearts. And it, you know, like you said, gravel is, I mean, there's definitely the competitive pointy end of it, but even yeah. there, there's so much more camaraderie in that space, you know, than, than competition. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, yes, people are going for the win that's there, but the, the space around it just feels different for whatever reason. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's some <laughs> um, the interesting, like vulnerability to to gravel racing, you know, um, that is different than road racing as well, that the athletes are experiencing. I mean, I think of Shana, for example, I mean, she, she was out there for five plus hours in a blizzard, 
by herself, I mean, white out, not, you know, going across these reservations in Utah, just, I, but yeah, I mean, it's so character building. I mean, you, it's just different when you don't have that support of the team immediately around you. Cause you know, in a road race, you're riding as a pod a lot of the time mm -hmm. and then you have a support car and yeah, it's, it's a vulnerable place to be, but it's also just really empowering and really character building because of that. Wow. Um, well, I have two questions for you because I'm so fascinated by your story. Uh, so one is looking back, like as you look back, what have you seen um, change in women's cycling since you started this a while ago? <laughs> to, be, to be really honest, not much. Um, just, you know, I mean, in 17 years, you'd hope that there was um, a lot of change there. There has been a little bit of change. I think one of the exciting things for me personally is these sort of new entities that have entered into cycling that have much more of a gender equality platform like Swift Racing, for example, which we're a big part of esports um, and also gravel racing. I mean, to me, just in my very limited experience so far, it's, there's just equality, um, you know, across the genders. And that feels really good to me and refreshing. Whereas the incumbents in the sport, like the UCI still can't get their shit together and have equality. I mean, you know, it, it it's mind boggling actually. Um, so as much as, you know, the, the world tour is, is changing a little bit. Well, has changed quite a lot, I would say. Um, but basically a lot of the issues I think in women's cycling is just lack of media coverage um, because we don't have anything to tangible to offer to potential sponsors as far as like, you know, that tangible return on investment, the traditional media impressions. We don't have that. So we have to be really creative and, you know, thank goodness for the advent of social media because everyone needs content now. Um, so we just have to kind of look at it in a different way, but not, I, I don't think there's been enough um, progress and I've tried from the outside, I've tried from the inside being on, you know, boards, advisory boards at USC Cycling and so on and so forth, but it's, it's just kind of inched along, but yeah, not significantly. Yeah. Yeah, that not to get into anything. Wah, wah. <laughs> no, but, you know, like, yeah, with the whole cycle cross worlds thing going on in Arkansas, and the contract is between the UCI and the city of Fayetteville. And I'm like, if you think that the UCI is going to ban their event in Arkansas when they won't even give women an equal platform, yeah, yeah, you know, like, I don't think they're the people that are going to be fighting for human rights, yeah, but on you know, on a a positive note as far as like youth development Nike has been exploding everywhere um, which is great and I was actually I knew Matt Fritzinger that started the NorCal High School League um, you know so he he really started the the whole system um, and that's incredible to see I mean thousands and thousands of kids on bikes in high school that's amazing. Um, where that pipeline's gonna go, I don't know because you know there's there's literally, I don't know how many it is, twenty five thousand kids more than that um, on on bikes now in high school. 
I, there's not really a pipe, pipeline for them yet established after that. I think there needs to be some focus on collegiate and creating some regional teams again. Um, and the other thing that's been a positive, again, in sort of youth cycling is the collegiate scholarships that are available for cycling um, at many colleges across the US and almost all of our athletes are our junior, almost all of our junior athletes over the last, uh, I would say seven or eight years have gone on to go into college on scholarships through cycling, which that's is amazing. So, cool. so that's, you know, th those are some good things that are happening. I saw that Brevard College, which is up in North Carolina, just started a gravel team. I don't know if it's a scholarship based team or if it's just a team, but I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, they've had a team. We had a couple of uh, junior athletes, their Arnsman sisters uh, from that school as well uh, for some time. But yeah, they have a pretty good cycling program there. Yeah, it's good cycling up in that area. Yeah, yeah. The Blue Ridge Parkway. Okay, well then my, the second part of that question is if you're thinking about those 11 year olds that want you to be at their Olympics, like what do you hope for them? What do you want to see happen in the sport? Um. You know, I might be a little jaded after 17 years. So I, like I said before, I discourage them to become professional cyclists. Um, I, when they come onto the team, I, I give them a little speech and, you know, tell them we're going to support them. And of course, I, I'm really realistic as well. And um, sometimes you don't really have to say much because by the time they're 15 or 16 or 17, sometimes they wake up one day and it's like, like a light switch they're not interested in cycling anymore and it's makeup and boys or whatever it might be. And you, you kind of can't stop that train, but um, I, you know, do encourage them. They attend all of our zoom events that we do. And we work a lot with our juniors on mental skills building. Um, one of our Olympic athletes, Jas Jasmine during had a zoom session last week on how to pack your food for traveling, when you travel international, what are the things you'll miss? I mean, all kinds of topics like that. So they're, they're learning valuable skill sets that they can take into the workplace along the way. And that's important to me. It's really not all that much about the cycling part of it. Um, although that's the part that connects us all. Um, so, yeah. That's cool. Well, you're working on a project with Kristen Armstrong too, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we started a project which we started talking about 10 years ago, um, and that's KX3 Lifestyle and Coaching, and that's a group coaching platform for women, girls, um, and we're actually expanding into men as well, um, by popular demand, <laughs> but we still have a primary focus on, on women and girls, um, and that's not just about coaching on the bike, we can provide that, but it really is more about coaching off the bike, so we're just bringing our you know, years of experience into play. And, you know, we, we cover all kinds of topics actually um, on that platform as well. And we hold weekly sessions uh, and people become, can become members and we have a, a number of free sessions as well. Um, and that's been a lot of fun just developing. Yeah, it's pretty affordable too. Like if people are looking for something that's a little bit more structured, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fourteen ninety nine a month, um, and you can actually join us on Swift rides where Kristen 
pops on Discord and actually coaches you through the ride. It's pretty cool to have, you know, three-time Olympic gold medalist actually be your coach on a weekly basis for an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild actually. I mean, people from we got people from the UK and people from Belgium and you know, they jump on Discord and Kristen's taken them through a structured workout. And um, we usually hold the questions to the end unless somebody forgets to mute themselves and we're here them huffing and puffing through the workout and uh, <laughs> what's it totally be me <laughs> yeah. it's pretty funny <laughs> but um yeah it's it's pretty amazing i mean our our community is growing really quickly and it's you know with the app just being on being able to be on swift and being on zoom and everything being you know online these days you can build a global community quickly so that's been really fun yeah. You guys have really taken advantage of COVID. We have, you know, people ask me often like, oh my gosh, what kind of a year was it for you? It was really good for me. And, you know, I'm grateful that my family stayed healthy. I stayed healthy. Um, it was wonderful to be home here in Idaho, but it really gave me full, um, yeah, start a, a second business sort of reevaluate how I wanted my team to look, um, pull in a couple new partners, spend a lot of time on Zwift, which was huge for my team when, you know, they had a schedule, then all of a sudden they had nothing. Um, and, but we had Zwift and we were racing in the Premier League and that just kept our communication levels consistent, um, you know, daily on, uh, on WhatsApp for our Zwift racing. So yeah, a, a lot of really, a lot of good came out of it. And just, just to be transparent, I mean, it's financially challenging running a women's team. And especially when you have, you know, high caliber athletes on the team and we have a big schedule and we have a junior program as well. Um, it gave us, you know, an opportunity just to sort of get back in balance financially as well. Um, to be honest and and just reset and it, it was great i mean now now we just it feels really good everything feels so much better um like i said the team was getting away from me it just became really big and i was just working every moment to just keep keep it going and um just keeping that machine oiled and then it was all halted and and now it's good i feel you know really happy and in a really good place that's good. Yeah. I think for all the bad COVID allowed a lot of us to reevaluate kind of what kind of life do we want? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was important. Sometimes we get so busy. We, we don't take the time to think about ourselves, you know? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. I mean, in the business of events, it, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. So. Well, are we going to see you at any starting lines this year? Or will you be just there be supporting the team? I'll be there supporting. I mean, I might pick a couple of events to do the shorter distances. Although, I, I mean, I could ride longer. I might. Yeah, I might. I think yeah. you heard that, Christine, right? She gets the luxury of doing whatever she wants if she comes to Emporia. So. <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited, though, you guys. I... I really am. I, you know, we've, this, this first part of the year is completely built around Unbound. I mean, completely, you know, everything we do, I mean, 
taking taking the girls out into the to the deserts of uh, Patagonia on windy days. You know, everything is with unbounded mind, um, and they're they're really excited. Really excited. It's a great. That is like, so, and I told you guys on that call, but that is like great training ground for this event because it's a very similar environment. The gravel's similar. The winds are similar. You have the big climbs getting into the valley, but once you're in that valley, that's similar. It's yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. probably why I'm drawn there too. It's like riding at home, but not so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's pretty special down there, and yeah, we we stayed at the gravel house, which you know, Heidi and Xander were there, and it was it was pretty great. I mean, it's it's pretty magical, for sure. Did Heidi and Xander cook for you? No, we did our own thing. We just sat for two days. Yeah. Well, um, tell people where they can follow you and all of your endeavors on the socials. How can they find you? Yeah, on uh, Instagram, we're at team2024. That's team and 20 spelled out and then two four at the end. <laughs> and we, our website is uh, team2024, which actually we're launching a new website and it should be up in the next two weeks. Uh, let's see, where are we now? It should be mid-May. Um, nice. You can see our new website, which we've we've used the same website for quite some time, and um, I'm excited to to launch this new website. Wait, so, will you be going to the Olympics this summer, or will you like? Because it's pretty limited; only athletes can go. Yeah, right. yeah. No, I will not be, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I was talking to one of my um, track riders, Jen Valente, um, and she's you know, already a world champion, Olympic medalist, and she'll be racing um, several events in Tokyo. And she also is going to track worlds, um, which is in October. And I said to her, so how do you want your schedule to look after Tokyo Olympics? Her mouth, she's like, I want to do Leadville. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hey, now you have somebody awesome. to ride with at Leadville. Oh, I shut know. up. I know. <laughs> oh, God. What did I do? <laughs> Christy may be doing this little event called Lead Boat, which you do Leadville and then Steamboat. Oh, yeah, I know. You, I, might, you might be doing it. Well, I, I, in fairness, I signed up last year. I was one of the, like the, athletes that signed like they were using for I don't know for promotions of it and whatnot and that's was all good and well but I was going to be I was going to be living basically in Leadville for the summer um and so I was like my big thing is altitude like I just die that's serious. so I'm like I can't I don't have that same luxury this year like the way my year setup isn't the same and I'm like I don't think I have any business doing Leadville. SBT gravel, I did the black course in 19 and that's easy peasy. That's an easy, that's an easy course. Um, the altitude there is not so bad. You start at 5,000, go up to about 8,500. I can handle that, but starting at 10,300 feet and going up. Ooh, yeah. Like there's no air up there. No, no I've, I've ridden there. There is no air. So, yeah. So I'm just like, ah, I don't, but she did talk Allie Tetrick into doing it. So now I'm giving her a hard time that she should yes. go. I'm, and I'm getting pressure from a lot of places. And I'm like, I'm also 
you know, the COVID-19 poundage is real on me right now. And I'm thinking about dragging an extra 20 pounds up a mountain with no air going, I've got to do something. Well, just know how strong you are then. I'm right there. I'm right there. Oh, my I, trainer was trying to do pull-ups at the gym today. I was like, you know, pull-ups are very much about your body weight. And I've been having a lot of COVID cookies. Yeah. I'm, I'm all good with it. I'm not in a bad space, a headspace with it, but I'm like, it's a reality. And I just, I, oh. I've got to work there. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I'm very practical when it comes to that stuff. And I put on my own few pounds during COVID as well. Yeah. I was determined not to, but I did. And the only time I've ever broken a bone in my entire life, and I used to ride horses and got concussions falling off of horses, was during COVID running around my apartment, getting excited to go for a hike. I broke my toe. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So then I couldn't work out. And then I'm just like double whammy, broken toe, COVID. COVID. Yeah. Like, it's fine, guys. We survived the global pandemic. It's all good. We had a few extra pounds and we enjoyed our cookies and wine. It's all fine. It's just, yeah. I just, I can't afford a new wardrobe. So it's got to happen. So anyway. <laughs> I'm the that's same because I'm like just wear stretchy pants and I'm like, oh, that's my actual clothes fit. That's the part of the problem is all of my clothes are stretchy athletic clothes. And yeah, you, you don't notice when it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was like, there was a little bit of a love handle action going on the other day. And I was like, damn it. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It just happens. But yeah, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. And your weight is not a measure of how good of an athlete you are. When you're climbing it, there's a there's a thing there. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's, I'm always like, but just think about how much stronger you are when you're climbing with extra, like you're just stronger. I don't know what you're talking stronger. about. It's true. Oh, it's true. You want to, you want to hear something funny this morning. So I posted a picture of myself yesterday and I have pretty big quads. They're like soccer player quads or something. Yeah. And you know, I don't mind because I'm never going to be that skinny girl. I have muscles. And then I got a DM from a guy and he's all, Hey, you have stronger legs than everyone on my hockey team. <gasps> That's amazing. Did you say? That? I was like, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> and did I ask for you to tell <laughs> anyway? But yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. I've been lifting weights, and my butt has never been higher. It's like That's awesome. I love <laughs> lifting weights. It's like <laughs> I love lifting weights. I mean, I had my genetic profile done um, last year and you know weightlifting and hit workouts are really good for me just doing long bike rides sort of long mid-range endurance is not that beneficial to me hmm. um, hit workouts and weights are and I love doing weights I love I, I mean I don't mind muscle I like muscle right and feeling strong I like to be able to carry all my groceries in at once all 10 bags of, uh, <laughs> love weight training yeah yeah I got back into weight training over COVID when I couldn't carry the kitty litter in and I was like something's got when the kitty when the 50 pound kitty litter is heavy like it's time to get back on the strength yep <laughs> well this yeah. conversation has been so great I look forward to meeting you in real life um in yeah. like six weeks or so I know Oh God, I'm going to throw up. It's, not even, is it's it all going to be good. It's seven weeks. It's seven weeks. Seven, week, it's seven, seven weeks. weeks. Um, and we will link all the coaching and information about your team in the show notes so people can find that. And if they want to get in on the coaching platform, they can yeah. as well. 
Yeah, thank cool. you. Thank you, ladies. Yeah, thanks, Nicola. It was awesome. Great to hang out when we see each other. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.